0: Hello, and welcome to the Big Blue United podcast. I am Dan. I'm here with my main man, Colin. Uh, we are missing our third compadre, our third uh, soldier, our third uh, uh, boy, uh, pod boy, uh, TJ again. he. Um, I mean, we should just start address it now, Colin, I think. Uh, there's been a falling out, a major falling out. Um, not only does TJ have beef with me, but he also has beef with Colin. Uh, and me and Colin are going to start a beef right now. So this is going to be three way beef going on. Um, no one is no one is 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 going to escape this beef, and this is um, this is the end end times for the Giants, end times for the Pod. Uh, so enjoy it while it lasts. Uh, anything you want to say?
1: Um. Well, I'm sad I missed. Uh... Shut up! I don't
0: want to hear what you have to say. I don't want to hear anything you have to say. don't say anything of value. <laughs> See. Okay.
1: That's good. Beefing. That's good. I like the beef. Um, this reminds I actually had
0: today. beef stew today.
1: Oh yeah, how was it?
0: Maybe that's why. Yeah. Uh, it was good. It was. It was. Didn't have any tomato base in it, so it's sort of like an Irish beef stew. Oh. My wife thought it, it was flavorless, and I actually liked it. Maybe that's because I like you people. Um,
1: well, it, it, it's then, funny. Uh, you should say my, that. my
0: two-year-old is brushing his teeth after sucking on a piece of beef for half an hour. Oh, go ahead. Ooh. Oh, no, I, I
1: was just going to say it, it's funny that you say uh, my people because I, I wanted to, uh, to ask yeah, you people. You, I wanted to ask if you um, thanked any Irish people yesterday for the holiday because uh, it exists because of us.
0: Halloween. Oh,
1: yeah, that's where it comes from. Baby. Uh, you it's have St. Keltz. Patrick's Day. Oh, we have both. Two of them.
0: Yeah. Uh, what, the what, what did you do to earn Halloween? The the Celts were uh,
1: they they started it. It was a uh, it was a, a Celtic holiday called Samhain or Samhain, whatever you pronounce it. And uh, All Hallows Eve became Halloween, and then you know became a hallmark holiday as it is now.
0: Hmm. What's like a, a classic uh, Irish treat for Halloween? Uh
1: um. Trying to uh, kick British people out of your country.
0: Mm, interesting. Okay. Okay. Well, I I'm always for that. You know, as a true American, um, yeah, I, I could I can commiserate with that. <laughs> um, before I get into it, follow us at BBU Pod Boys on uh, Twitter. Follow Big Blue United on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, email us. Um, send us important messages. We got a lot last week. I didn't get to get to them quite yet, but I will. Don't worry. I always do. Um, this week, we witnessed one of the uh, worst football games conceivable. Um, I was lucky enough to be there. It was, you know, the one game I'm go to a season and it was this weekend. Um, it was the, uh, the wind was ripping. Uh, my, my, I went with some friends from my town and, and one of my buddies said that, The MetLife parking lot is the coldest place on earth, and it it really is. Uh, It's just a vacuum for wind. Um, The rain was coming sideways, and it didn't stop. Uh, We got so cold, we had to go back in the car, even though we had a tent outside. Um, And this was interesting. Actually, uh, we let these guys pull up next to us, and they had two kids with them. And they're, you know, like 10 years old, and they're too cool to wear a jacket. But they were, they were gonna die if they didn't. Uh so we like let them under our tent and they were like eating their sandwiches and stuff. And then we we're like, okay, we gotta go in the truck. Like you guys can hang out back here, but we gotta, we gotta sit and get dry real quick. And within like two minutes, there was like seven degenerates like hanging out in the back of the, the truck, like smoking weed, um, talking, talking smack, doing shots, like they were passing around SoCo. Like, who drinks Soco anymore? Oh. Um it just became like a hub of like riffraff. <laughs> um, it was just insane. I and mean, like the two little kids like ran away, basically these guys just muscled them out. Um, anyway, all, all that to say is that we, we went inside and when it was bre- there was a break in the rain, we thought we might've timed it well and it might've gone away. And uh, it, it, we didn't, it started pouring. Like the second we got in the stadium, we got in in time for kickoff and everything um, made it through like a quarter and a half before we got too cold. <laughs> the rest of the second quarter in the like the fifty yard line zone. I don't know if you've ever been in that that realm, like on on the, the bowl level. Yeah. Um, and then we just left because what were we doing there, sitting inside watching the game? Um, it, they had fifteen punts in the first half, and uh, there was no point in staying.
1: Wait, so wh- um, when did we get time when, to
0: to watch it at, on my couch at halftime?
1: Oh, at halftime. Okay. Um, I, I, I wanted to, to mention how you, you did say it was cold. And this just is a, a testament to how insane Meadowlands is in general. You were cold yet on the broadcast at kickoff. It was 65 degrees which, where at the stadium, apparently. That's what they said. Not, not, the not in the middle. It, it, it said 65 <laughs> degrees on the television. And I'm just like, well, maybe it
0: was in the booth.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's that's likely what it is. No, but I what I mean by that is it could very well have been. But because of the wind, because of the rain, because of the general uh, the vortex of of garbage, that is the landfills around the area, yeah. I think it just makes it so yeah. cold.
0: Yeah, brutal. I, I had a sweatshirt, uh, uh like a fleece vest and a windbreaker and a poncho. And it was just brutally cold. Um this to say is that uh you know, I I was there, I watched the game for a little while from from the stands. Um not much happened in the in the first quarter. <laughs> um there was like a couple I saw the Brees Hall touchdown, um that's about it. I don't think there's anything notable that happened other than that, because you know this game didn't have positive passing yards. Um, there's a couple rushes, a couple sacks. I think there's a Kavon sack in there, Dexter Lawrence mm-hmm. sack that got people amped. Um, but the game was poo poo. Um, I don't know. Uh, I know you you were you know out being a rock star this weekend. Did you get to watch any of it? Do you have any thoughts? Anything you want to highlight? Because to me, there's not much to talk about the Giants didn't play well. Our offense can't do anything normally. Of course, I'm not going to do anything in a situation like this. Um, well, I don't know. I don't have any major takeaways other than it sucks that Tyrod got injured. Um, and we'll see what we figure out for next week.
1: Well, I, I think you'll appreciate and, um, uh, our listeners listeners will appreciate my efforts. So in short, uh, yes, I was in Florida this past weekend playing some shows with my band and, and, uh, St. Petersburg and Gainesville. And um, the festival that we played is very chaotic and hard to pay attention to anything that's outside of that situation. However, uh, this was my third time there, and I was trying to make it three times in a row that I was able to watch at least three quarters of a Giants game that Sunday. Um, in fact, I, I, I probably mentioned it before. I've watched um, that insane Giants-Saints game in New Orleans that uh, was like, nine touchdowns thrown by Eli and Drew Brees and uh, Odell had some insane catches and and touchdowns in that one. Um, And then last year I was able to watch, um, I can't even remember right now who the hell they played last year, but I was able to watch uh, a majority of that game too. And I was trying to go for the trifecta and naturally, and I think just because we played the jets, it was an out-of-market game, and it was blacked out anywhere but the <laughs> tri-state area. So it was the Jaguars and whoever the hell they played. And then uh, uh, I forget what the other game was. It was two games that I didn't give a rat's ass about. So, you know, I BS'd with a guy who, who was from Detroit, and he was like, yeah, I want to watch the Lions, but it's not on here. So we commiserated in that. Um, so long story short, I decided, all right. I'm, I'm here. I can't watch the game easily at a bar or at a restaurant. I'm just going to put it out of my brain and I'm going to go about my day. So I did. And eventually, you know, around, uh, I don't know, four 30, uh, it dawned on me to look at the score. Cause I wasn't checking throughout that whole time. I, I saw the, <laughs> that it was three, nothing early and I was like, all right, well, that's typical. And I, I would have figured that would have been the case. Um, I was happy we scored first and, uh, you know, whatever. I check it. I saw that we were in overtime. i like, oh, that's interesting. I'm not looking at it again. Let it keep going. Finally look again. All right, we lost. Great. That must have been the most miserable game in history. And lo and behold, everybody who told me, everybody, I came home. My neighbor across the street, who's the ne- uh, Jets fan, was just like, it was the worst game I've ever seen in my life. I told him, I have it recorded. I'm going to watch it later. He's just like, don't even bother. I don't even care that the Jets won. That game sucked so bad. I was like, "Whoa! <laughs> if, if you're mad and you won, then I don't even want to remotely think about watching this." However, I did. I went to the gym. I came home. I, you know, washed some dishes, did some chores because I was avoiding it, of course. And um, I, I sat down. I, I sighed real deep, and I, I pulled out my phone, and I had it recorded on the Optimum TV app. So. I hope we are never have a sponsor for Optimum TV because that app blows, it (laughs) blows. And here's why. It does this thing, I automatically have to airplay it to the TV, fine. No problem with that, I've done it countless times before. But in the last year or so, it has this tendency to just randomly drop out. Like as if the connection from Mm. the phone to the TV doesn't work, and then when I try to go back in, it doesn't automatically save the last time I was watching it. So I have to remember what time it was on the whole band thing so I can bring it back to that point and I did it three times and after that third time I said, screw this, I'm watching the six minute highlight film and I'm <laughs> calling it in a night because I, outside of, of Tyrod getting hurt, it showed everything else of value in there. And... Yeah the value is and this is the biggest shame here's the segue here the biggest shame right now is the fact that this defense has just woken the hell up and they're yeah. like the the stats the third down stats alone is like historic and this team blows it's yeah. such a shame
0: you know yeah yeah they're uh they're certainly the highlight of this dismal season i will also say that this this game uh took forever like I feel like the first quarter was like an hour long um so that didn't help us keeping people in the seats um but yeah you didn't miss much the the actual like percentage of game time was <laughs> very very minimal it's just a lot of short runs not a lot happening um but yeah man the defense continues to improve continues to gel um great game from Kavon great game from uh all right is it Okariki or Kerike? Okerike, okay, okay. okay, okay. People say it both ways, and it's just confusing me now. Well, uh, who, t- who, who,
1: who said it the other way? Because
0: it's well, not TJ pronounces everything wrong. Um, so maybe it's TJ. No, no. Um,
1: any, any way he pronounces anything, throw it out the window.
0: Yeah, In- including. Yeah, yeah.
1: Thibodeau's <laughs> got to go. The next time he says it, I'm going to call him out on it because he sounds like an old moron when he says that. I've let it go every single time as of recent. But it, it, Thibodeau, does that sound good to you? Do you want to say that?
0: It's weird. <laughs> it's just, it just, it gives me like uh, the heebie-jeebies the way he says it. I don't know. It's like my my hairs stand up. Yep. Um. But yeah, uh, Tay Banks, uh, Dexter Warrens, um, you know, everyone, everyone seems to be like playing with that bit of juice you know they're excited to be playing together they're playing with edge they just released like the audio of uh dexter lawrence talking smack today which is man new yeah. man great great dad joke um we got a new
1: man out here
0: I, I don't know if he's talking to newman or not but uh he was he was like are you supposed to be strong are you strong because when you push me and i was like that, that's great that's great trash talk that's yeah. just, just wholesome trash talk yeah um I don't know, man. Our leading receiver had four yards, uh, for <laughs> four yards on one reception. Uh, Darren Waller's injured. He doesn't know when he's going to come back. Big surprise. Right. Um, you know, Saquon was the offense because he had 36 carries, uh, and and with a long of 34. Um, so he he did break off one, but just a brutal brutal game. Just glad he made it through without getting injured. Um, the pr- the pride of what, uh, Bergen Catholic or Don Bosco. Uh, where'd he go? Tommy DeVito. Uh just got to play some awful football. Uh he's not a very good quarterback. Um, I was listening to uh John Jaskremski. Remember him uh mm-hmm. from the fan now. He's got this thing on the ringer. Uh he's like he's a Syracuse dude, so he knows Tommy DeVito well. And he's like it boggles my mind that he's even in the NFL, let alone like playing games <laughs> it's like perfect um we've signed uh matt barkley to the practice squad ahead uh, into this week we don't know what's going to happen with daniel jones um and i guess maybe we could segue because i don't really want to harp on this jets giants game no no, there's not a ton to talk about i don't think we learned much um just you know if, if the offense could do anything it wasn't going to do it that game um but uh you know, with the defense gelling, we are removing a piece that was not a, you know, blow a star, but um, something that that was a useful player. And, and, and Leo Williams, um, you know, happy he's gone uh, because what we got back from him was amazing. Um, the Giants traded uh, Leonard Williams to the Seahawks were a second round pick and a fifth round pick. um. To me, that's a slam dunk. A guy that was going to be a free agent um, at the end of the season. Um, You know, we... uh, Eating his contract, but whatever. We can do that. The the draft capital is way more valuable to us. Um, The season's lost. It's not like, you know, we need that money right now. Um, And we're out of that contract. can allocate that money differently next year. Um, You know, I think it was slam dunk, especially getting it done when they did. Cause that came before the subsequent trades that the Redskins pulled off or Montez sweat. Um And um, um what's this Jesus? Um, oh, um, uh, <laughs> I've been reading. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, Chase Young. Chase Young. Um, yeah. Which is insane. Who Chase Young got a third round pick and Montez sweat. Well, I mean, that was, that was, a, he, he got a pick based off of Leonard Williams. He got the, you know, second round pick for him. Um, But you know, arguably in the same class, I think Chase Young is obviously a more valuable player. Anyway, we got a lot more for uh, Leonard Williams given his contract and everything that I thought we could. His age, Um, big time too. His age, being twenty nine, those other guys are much younger um, and much faster and get after the quarterback a little bit more. Um, I loved it. Uh, Super happy to see it. Um, You know, never wanted on that contract. Was a stupid yeah. trade in the first place? Another remnant of Dave Gettleman just destroying our team, yep. and uh, now we get to say farewell. Uh, no beef against the guy as a human. Uh, seems no. like he played hard. Seems like he's a good teammate. Um, but he also oh. didn't like play a ton when we first got him. I think he, like, he missed like two seasons. Yeah, um, he,
1: he he had some injury issues and and some lapses of relevancy. Um, not that he took games off, but I think his talent was sporadic.
0: Good,
1: yeah. Yeah, which is like he's a big presence and when he's on, he's on, but when he's off, he turns into a ghost.
0: <laughs> when he's playing next to Dexter Lawrence, he's really good. Oh, wow. Well. <laughs> when he's that um, by himself, he's nothing.
1: However, I, I do I do want to say it, I'm not sure if you saw his first interview as a Seahawk. I was uh I was
0: about to fire it up before we started, but I didn't get a chance.
1: Oh, okay. Well, let me fill you in because I was very happy about it, to be honest. It was very um I think indicative of what kind of a person Joe Shane is um one of the guys asked him like oh you know uh how did it end in, in New York uh how was this proposed to you what was the goings on basically of this whole process and he said well um i i, I have to say i i in, I'm, I'm paraphrasing of course um I was very respectful and feeling very respected throughout the entire process in comparison to how it was from the first team I was on. He didn't even mention the Jets by name. The first team I was on in the NFL coming here or coming to the Giants as opposed to coming from the Giants to here uh, night and day. Uh, I was not consulted. I was uh, not told about it whatsoever when I was at that first team. And I was brought along uh the whole process this time and more or less talked to and asked what uh needs i had and where i wanted to go and this that and the other thing and and i really felt like they cared um you know they they told me from the get-go we're gonna i think we're gonna start uh we're gonna shop you around a little bit um you know you can see what kind of uh season that we're having here i he didn't say that but he was alluding to it um so we're gonna shop you around and um just wanted to let you know right when we were starting to think about it because uh, we didn't want you to find out any other way but from us. And um, it's just like, oh, man, it's nice to have not only brains but heart again in the front office because you hear stuff like that. It's like they didn't hate the guy, but they looked at his value, and they, they saw what they could get from, from a Seahawk team that was really willing and able – to go out there and and get a player that they feel like could really solidify their defense for a run to the playoffs. So I, that just, I don't know if, if we didn't get a victory this week, that was a victory as well as the fact that we traded him in a way in the first place. So yeah, I I was pumped about that.
0: Yeah. I mean, that that's really great to hear. Obviously like as fans, I don't think we had a ton of beef with him other than, you know, how he came to the team and what we gave up to get him Mm -hmm. Um, as a player, much respect. Um, but I think that goes a long way. And like you said, says a lot about how the organization is run under Joe Shane. You know, uh, I don't think Leonard Williams had to say that, um, no, not at all. You know, he's been living in New York for his entire career and, you know, that might not have been comfortable, but the fact that, you know, he did say it indicates that Joe Shane was real about it and really did give him a chance to choose where he went, um, you know, living and, in Seattle is probably not bad, and living for a team, playing for a team that's contending is also great. He probably could have sent them all over the place. Well, um, and he, he also mentioned too. He's just like I'm back on the West Coast,
1: and I'm sure yeah. that was one thing that he asked for. He's just yeah, like sure the way family. I can get yeah. closer to home. Like that would be great. And then the, you know, the, you got the certain teams that are over there, and, yeah. and you know what that does too. That tells you know anyone who watches that that interview or anybody on the Seahawks squad. Who knows what kind of trades or situations we may be doing yeah. with that team in the future? Those players are going to see something from that situation and be like, "Hmm, that guy over there actually cares about the players. Maybe I'd like to go play for that team someday." You know?
0: Exactly. That's what I was going to say. It's it's great PR. Um, you know, players have more and more control over. Well, at least in other sports like basketball, but I think I gotta imagine football too, there's residual control that players are exhibiting over their careers and where they're going. And some players, you know, might force themselves out or or want a, a say in where they're going or will accept conditions differently if they know they're going to a place where people will treat them with respect and uh like a human. So that's great. And it also, you know, goes to another thing I wanted to mention, but uh last week there's you know leading up to the trade deadline, there's a lot of talks about the players the Giants would be parting ways with. And in addition to Leonard Williams and Adoree Jackson, everyone was saying, you know, now it might be a chance to ship Saquon. And both Joe Shane and Dable were quick to say, you know, we're not moving Saquon. You know, we talked to him. He said, you're safe. You know, you're, you're not going anywhere. And I believed it, but a part of me was hoping it was just sort of a smokescreen. Um, and then there was, you know, as the trade deadline came up, there was like talks about people inquiring, multiple teams inquiring about Saquon, um, seeing, you know, if he was available. Um, but, you know, the word, what we hear from, I think it was Justin Anderson or someone reported that like, they're not even entertaining those calls, um, which is a bummer, but maybe that's part of the ethos of the front office. Like they're going to be transparent and honest with the players. Cause there's no way to build a culture otherwise, which, I buy, but it leads me to my my question because this is something that people have been saying forever um, about Saquon and it just holds no water with me and it makes me very angry. But, you know, you can't trade the face of your franchise Mm. like he's the and and this is annoying to me on a couple levels. But first off, the main reason I think he's the face of the franchise is because people keep saying he's the face of the franchise. Sure. Right. He hasn't played a ton He's good when he does play most of the time, but because he was a super high draft pick is, you know, from the tri-state area. um, And because he's the only, you know, skill position player to be on the team for an extended period of time of of note, people just beat that narrative, you know, into the ground that he's the, the face of the franchise. So this is the question I wanted to ask you. Can you name one? I don't even see like elite team, one good team in the NFL where the running back is the face of the franchise, like in the past ten years. Ten years, like the Titans uh, with Derrick Henry.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's 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 the the perfect example. Um, if you're going to say perfect, um, it's possible. But They're not even that. Like, yeah. Well. No, I know. I know they're not what they're not relevant. That's what you're gonna well. Say? It's
0: also like their defense, too. Yes, yeah.
1: Well, I, I guess you could say it's possible for a, a short period of time. Ezekiel Elliott, Elliott was maybe a face of the Cowboys for a couple of seasons when he was at his highest level. That would be another example, but that's probably it, though. Like anyone yeah. else, no, not really. Zeke, um, maybe. no, hold on, hold on. Well. Actually, but even, a good
0: team, a good team.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think uh, McCaffrey uh, um, in Carolina was probably the closest. Those when, teams when they, sucked, though. There was there was moments where they sh- they had flashes. No, no one was when, scared of them. No. Okay. The best teams. No, no, not. And it's not the way that it is.
0: Um, it was like thirty years ago.
1: Uh, not even just fifteen years ago. If, you got to go back to. Uh, uh the Danian Tomlinson I guess uh yeah. would be the closest time had Philip
0: Rivers and that's when they were good though Yeah that's true um so yes you're right I mean it, it, and it's just again, I, what I'm saying is it's to to couch not you know looking to trade a valuable asset or a moderately valuable asset on a team that's the season's going anywhere because that player is the face of the franchise um you know I just I just hate that you know well, what does that do for us i have a theory um as we're talking
1: about this i don't think and this is kind of pairs with um uh the idea well i was having a conversation with with the uh, my college thread um where i mentioned something just today uh, I, my theory is here dable and shane don't look at saquon as the face of the face of the franchise they just don't in the same way that they don't look at Daniel Jones as the uh, yes. face of the franchise. They oh, don't. I've
0: seen this. Narr- yeah, I've seen this.
1: But you know how John Mara is. And, he, mm-hmm. and he, he just falls in love with players that he shouldn't fall in love with. Because yeah. he just he has this weird backwards ass uh, old school NFL vision. That it, it, it like, well, not to mention you know puts money in his pocket when the jerseys are sold and all that kind of stuff. But that's another conversation. My theory is here. And I, I think this, is, this might go at least a little bit towards what Shane is thinking about. They show Saquon now. They tell them, all right, you're on this one-year deal, uh, this, this, this tag right now. You hear rumblings that people are calling about wanting to trade for you. We're going to tell you we are not trading you. You are our, our most important player right now for a for lack of better words, and we're not trading you. What I think they're thinking, because of this whole process up until this point with the uh, the contract negotiations, not being able to get it done over the summer, mm-hmm. him realizing, him and his agent realizing that his worth is far low than what actually, uh, you know, what they think it is. I think that they're just building more respect and rapport so that when they do have those open conversations again, it is possible that Saquon is just going to be like, okay, can I get some more money elsewhere? Possibly. Do I want to? I don't know. I really like being here. He said it himself. I like being here. I want to stay here. What if he has the come-to-Jesus moment where he's just like, you know, Give me a deal that makes sense. I'm going to stick around. All of a sudden, we sign him for something that's far lower than, you know, it's not going to be a Miles Sanders situation where it was like, what, six, seven million a year or whatever. But it's going to be, it's going to be a 10, it's going to be 11, you know?
0: It should be less than the franchise tag because they could still franchise tag him.
1: Agreed, but you know it. It will never, it'll never be that way. It'll be lower. It might be a little bit lower. It might be like a 9.5 or something like that, you know? Which all considering, I don't want him on the team anymore as much as you don't, but in reality, it's a very good possibility that he's going to stick around. And if Shane figures out a way to get him under ten million dollars a year, and we just cleared up this cap with Leonard Williams going, I think it clears it to about six and change uh, million from the five hundred and eighty, you know, thousand that it was before that. Mm-hmm. It's he's starting to open it up. And if we are able to draft a quarterback, because inevitably uh, if things keep going the way it's going to go, we're in the top five going into the draft this year. So if we're able to get, you know, stemming onto the conversation that that you, me and TJ had earlier today about Drake May and and Caleb Williams, if it's a possibility at all that we can get either those guys or anybody else who starts uh, showing their worth up until that point, and we have Saquon and we start getting some line situations together, we get some other contracts off the roster that we are still trying to weed out. I'm, I'm feeling a lot happier about the offense going into next season. Um, it's not predicated on having Saquon around, but is there a way to keep him around and make us not feel so crappy about it? I think if anyone's going to figure it out, it's going to be this GM right now. Or we let him walk and we have all that money to spend elsewhere. And then yeah. it's that could be... a all I can say is, by going the franchise tag route this season, it shows that Shane won't do anything stupid going forward.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I gotta believe that. Um, you know, maybe some goodwill will come of this, and you know, they they give him a contract that's commiserate with the fr- franchise tag, but don't have to waste the franchise tag on him, kind of yeah. thing. Um, so yeah, I mean people are pointing the fingers towards Shane and Dable during this debacle of a season, but I think we both maintain that, you know, this isn't necessarily their fault. Um, There's, you know, the con- roster construction problems still stem from the predecessor. And I still think from everything that he's had control over and the decisions he's made, um, you know, aside from a few player personnel decisions for, for players that didn't pan out, I think he's done the best with what he has. And, and, and the, the, the motivation and intention behind the decisions he's made um, are smart and I think will, you know, are indicative of a, of a, a GM that's going to you know, put the team in a good position in the long haul.
1: I, I'd even go so far as to say that the crux of the crap pit that Gettleman <laughs> has put us in is right now. It's right now. It's not even just a crowd. We're like over the hump this season. Well, yes, we have finally gotten to the dregs of the decision-making that he made.
0: The last Uh, of his grimy diabetes fingerprint, yeah.
1: I think so. I really do think it's coming to a head right now. We were able to squeeze some luck out of last year. You know, there may have been some flashes here and there in in the seasons uh, after Gettleman has left, but not really. And I think we are seeing possibly the worst team that we've had since he's gone because of how it's worked out with the contracts and who's still on the roster. And it's not one of those wholesale fire sale situations where Shane can just get rid of bad contracts. Mm-hmm. He has to do it meticulously. Yeah. And
0: it, it and, it, and it's, it's tough when one of those contracts is your quarterback. So, well, I mean, that was him as well, but that was, that could be a whole podcast on its own. The reason they made that sign that contract with him. But the contract's also smart because they can get out next year. Yep. Um, and we have simulate might be in a position to as things stay where they are now to, to get a, a really special player um, in the top of the draft, yep. which maybe that second round pick will help us get there. Um, Absolutely. If we got to trade up or whatever, so, that could be great. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's this turn week. to this week against uh, your Las Vegas Raiders. Um not much happening over there. Uh, they just fired their head coach and their GM. Um, and like somebody else, uh, oh, their offensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, and they're benching Jimmy Garoppolo for, um, Aiden O'Connell. Uh, who's like what yeah, a, a fourth round or something like the pick. Why um, are they doing that? Cause Jimmy G is not good. Well, yeah. um, Jimmy G is not good. I don't know. Maybe, uh, Deandre, uh, not Deandre Hopkins. Um,
1: um, uh, Devontae uh,
0: Adams, Adams uh, like requested him or something. Um, maybe the tank is on. It seems like they're full blown rebuilding mode. It's um, bad. You know, maybe they're trying to race us to the bottom to get, you know, their pick a quarterback this year. <laughs> um, in any case, we are still the underdog, uh, and I I can't really argue with that. We don't know who is going to be our starting quarterback. If it's not Daniel Jones, then we're definitely going to lose. Uh, <laughs> um, Which is a funny thing to say. <laughs> yeah, that Daniel Jones is our better option over Tommy DeVito. I guess um, we might be getting healthy. Andrew Thomas potentially, potentially. Uh, Evan Neal. Um, it was great to have JMS back last week, but it didn't really yeah. count for anything. So. Um, you know, if those three guys play, then we could win this game with just Saquon, I guess. Um, but their their defense isn't great. I am very scared of Max Crosby, um, yeah. regardless of who's playing tackle. He's going to eat unless he, you know, they, they shadow him with a, a new Andrew Thomas, who's still probably gonna get beat quite a bit coming yeah. off that injury. Um, but I think the, the one interesting to talk about, because I think the actual football stuff doesn't really matter. Um, our defense will play well. They'll hold them to almost nothing. And our offense will be garbage and score almost nothing. Um, <laughs> nothing new there, but your homeboy, um, your surrogate father, Antonio Pierce, is getting a shot at head coaching. Um, <laughs> What's
1: funny about that is I mentioned him, like, I think as of two weeks ago.
0: From one of your, your, your dreams that night when he comes no, in? No, I, I, do I don't know why talk? the
1: hell I brought him up on on the, the last podcast. Yeah, we're I talking
0: about know. great linebacker play. We were comparing Babio Carriquet to him. Yep. Yep, yeah.
1: number 58. Same same kind yeah. of situation. And I had no idea he was even a coach on the Raiders. Had no clue.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um lot nothing nothing bad to say about him, man. Tough no. guy. Love the Clearly guy. established himself as a leader on the Giants in his playing days immediately upon joining the team. Yep. Um we used to marvel at his out of sh- out of shape appearance and ability to still dominate because he was an underrated athlete and seemingly the smartest guy in the field. Yeah. Um, You know, I don't particularly like the Raiders. I also don't hate the Raiders. I think they're a a classic team. I hate their owner. Um, That guy's disgusting. Um, (laughs) But, uh, we should also talk about the circumstances that are rumored to be, which he fired, uh, McDaniels, but, um, quickly, uh, wishing nothing but the best would be awesome. Like ideally it'd be great if, uh, you know, the game is sloppy. We can't blame the defense, you know, Dable does an admirable coaching job, but we still lose somehow. Mm -hmm. And Antonio Pierce gets the win, takes them out of quarterback contention and also solidifies himself as a head coach candidate moving forward. Like that's my dream. Uh, (laughs) Uh. But, uh, yeah. Do you want to do you want to mention the, the, the okay. story that's buzzing about how Josh McDaniels got fired?
1: <laughs> yes. Yes, I would. Uh, did we? Dis- I know I talked about it with the Oneonta guys. Did we discuss it at all? Um, I th- we might have shared the, the, th- the, the
0: story th- that came out, but the we didn't talk about
1: yet. it. OK, so uh, for those that don't know, uh, apparently, and if this is true, Josh McDaniels is a big Halloween guy, likes to dress up, does it every year. Uh, likes to go all out to do it. And See that just,
0: first off, that doesn't read for me. He does not seem like a Halloween guy. But continue.
1: Well, especially considering it's it's a former pagan holiday and a very Christian man who clearly doesn't a know. Humorless.
0: History. Yeah. <laughs> sniveling. Patriot, dirtbag, yeah, yeah, slug,
1: yeah. moron, bad yeah. coach, yeah. Um, yeah, just picturing him dressing up every year. Well, anyway. The day after
0: a- an awful loss. Yeah.
1: yeah, they lose awfully to the Lions, and he decides to come into work dressed up like his owner, Mark Davis. And uh, at, at least at first, it seems that uh, Mark Davis takes it in stride, and not only that, he had a, a little giggle about it. He liked it. He, he enjoyed it. He enjoyed it so much that he decided to send him his signature P.F. Chang's lunch order that he has every Monday. I think he ate it with it him, they said. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they ate it together. Okay, great. Well, then even better. At the end of the meal, uh, you know, laughing, smiling, having a good time. Everyone's enjoying themselves. You know, we just lost yesterday. You suck at head coach, whatever. Um, hey, Josh, um, uh, here's for dessert. Here's a little fortune cookie for you. And he opens it up, and it says something along the lines of, you're fired, hot shot. So <laughs> not only- Hot did- shot. Hot shot. Yeah, because you're you're a hot shot. Not only so that means that Mark Davis went out of his way to get someone to create this custom scroll, fortune cookie. custom fortune cookie to give to this snivelling little craphead to basically tell him he's being fired, which I is mean, like it rules. It rules. I th- you know what? Knowing that psychopath of an owner, I feel like it's
0: true. It's too it's too quick and creative. I think. I think in all likelihood this didn't happen, but I think this takes the cake as the best false story spread since uh Wes Steinberg created the uh the uh Kelvin Dave uh, Kelvin Benjamin uh stealing food from the cafeteria <laughs> the, the <Giants laughs> <training camp. laughs>
1: That was the best one. Yeah, that was the best <laughs> one ever. <laughs> this is just so fat he's stealing food yeah. Uh,
0: that was before people thought he knew he was a fraud that was like the thing that put him on the map that was awesome uh anyway i think everyone's gonna know that story by the time this pod comes out but um that gave me a smile a perfect story if not like i mean it's just like typed up on a piece of paper i don't know that it came from the athletic or a reputable source or anything yeah um i'll choose to believe it's real just like you know it's fun to believe in ghosts and stuff (laughs) um all right, man. I think that's it for me. Is there anything else you want you want to talk about? Uh, I, I, any I, band you can recommend that people might not know about that you saw this weekend that they should check out?
1: Uh well, um, hmm, this weekend.
0: Uh... Who was the best band that you saw this weekend besides like Less Than Jake and?
1: Yeah, I mean that I, for for anyone who cares, this is a very punk rock, uh, hardcore slash. Indie rock festival, so there's like a lot of underground stuff uh, in general, Um and some, some fairly and bigger names. Well, yeah, well, Gel is a is a, a female fronted uh, hardcore band that is real fun, which is a whole, like a whole interesting genre <laughs> that is like a, a female sub-genre. fronted hardcore. F- female fronted hardcore has become yeah. a very big thing as of recent, which is pretty cool.
0: Yeah, um, it's also a way to differentiate yourself among a massive just. Men, when 98% of the singers are men, that's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> um
1: Well, I, I, you know, I'll say uh, just because I, I, you know, they're an old school band and I, I feel like they've, they have a somewhat newer album. I think it came out last summer or this, uh, maybe this year, earlier this year. And I mentioned to you before we jumped on Quicksand. They're uh, you know, a super, super throwback 90s band that have a very 90s sound and uh, the bass player was former bass player at Deftones, and like that's uh, was a big influence on that band. And they had an incredible set on Sunday. And uh, yeah, I think uh, anyone who wants to to respect their elders and and maybe uh, find out why some of their newer bands sound the way they do, Quicksand would be a band to go check out.
0: Yeah, uh, vouch for Quicksand. Um, you know, I feel like they pioneered sort of that harder edge. Uh, grunge hybrid, uh, alternative, alternative, whatever. Um, and and uh, yeah, just just legends and legends of the game coming out of the hardcore scene. Um, you know the albums sound good. Uh, yeah, yeah, Quicksand. Yeah. Um, Walter Strifles. Yes, um, talented man. Very talented, talented man. Good producer as well. Um, yeah. all around legendary dude um cool uh with that we'll let you go um we may or may not see you if the beef continues uh i i got a name for a band for you i'll believe you with this uh charlie was sucking on a piece of beef uh like well after dinner into into bath time he had this just piece of beef in his mouth he couldn't chew it i guess Some, sometimes you get that and still finally we got him to spit it out then we had to brush his teeth and he's brushing his teeth and he looked in he's got beef just stuck in between the little gaps in his baby teeth yeah beef teeth beef, beef teeth. teeth yeah beef, beef teeth. teeth maybe just b-e-f b-e-f-t-e-f
1: T-E-F. yeah beef teeth beef teeth it's like it's like uh like cool
0: keith cool keith's new album beef teeth oh that would you know that'd be good if that was like a collabo back in the day with mf, MF doom. doom yes mf That's- doom x cool kief beef teeth beef yeah, <laughs> <then. laughs> i want to make we should make a t-shirt but like it like it actually existed like it actually happened like a, like an album
1: cover that someone like oh, wait wait i don't remember when that came out when did that come out it
0: came out right after food yeah exactly yeah <laughs> beef. It was All quiet. Right. follow us at big bbu pod boys big blue united 143 forever tj uh you're out of the podcast bye Goodbye.